And now the conclusion of the best and worst movies of 2016. Right now you are listening to part one of a roundtable discussion of the best and worst films of 2016. Sorry it took so long to put out. Howdy everybody, Taylor Gentry here, and welcome to this very special edition of The Tay Podcast. I am joined right now with my cohorts in crime, Mr. Austin Duke and Mr. Zach King. It's not Sa- my name. <laughs> I forgot, what What are you identifying as this evening? Turd Ferguson. Turd Ferguson. Well, we have Turd Ferguson and um, Friend Stewart <laughs> to my left. <laughs> Big hat. It's funny. I don't know who that is. <laughs> that's that's okay. You, Inspector Gadget too. You don't need. Yeah, that's uh, and God the Devil and Bob. Yeah, and he was on that um, uh, Third Rock from the Sun. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah, he was on yeah, that I never John Lithgow. That. I never oh, I didn't that. even. Oh, that guy. Yeah. Yeah. That guy, yeah. Good old good old Frenchy. French Stewart. <laughs> By the way, if you hear any background noise, we are watching the all thir- three-day Twilight Zone takeover on the Sci-Fi Channel, so we've got that blaring in the background. Just watch that really cool episode where they put the masks on, and then they take them off after midnight, and their faces are the masks that they put on. It's a pretty cool episode. It's probably one of my personal favorites. But we're not here to talk about the Twilight Zone, although we could probably talk about that we at could. a later podcast yeah, at some point. Today is a very special episode. We are talking about the best and worst movies of 2016. So it's going to be like a little roundtable discussion. Uh, I'll start off first. Right now, I'm just going to read to you the movies that I went to to see at the theater. Uh, I went I went to the movies 15 times this year, and I saw, in chronological order, Creed, Deadpool, The Jungle Book, Batman vs. Superman, Captain America Civil War, Lights Out, Suicide Squad, Secret Lives of Pets, Finding Dory, Magnificent Seven, Shin Godzilla, Doctor Strange, Fantastic Beasts, and Rogue One. And also, I forgot to mention The Nice Guys, which I saw somewhere in between The Jungle Book and Batman vs. Superman. But for some reason, the notepad app on my laptop is acting kind of funny, and it wouldn't let me retype that in. So, Austin. So what you get for using a Mac. Eh, well, they look nice. You're good, bud. Well, I only went to the movies theater 13 times this year, and in no particular order... I saw Deadpool, Zootopia, Captain America Civil War, Suicide Squad, Sully, The Magnificent Seven, Shin Godzilla, Rogue One, Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them, Doctor Strange, The Nice Guys, and Alice Through the Looking Glass. I'd also like to point out, I saw Zootopia as well, and I forgot to put that on my list, so 16 times. Sorry. I definitely heard this is the year of movies list so there's been so many movies i think we've seen it's kind of hard to keep track of it is it, it really is i just pulled up a list of all the movies that came out in 2016 yeah. in the in america i think this year is a record for us though isn't it it's, for me it, personally it, it probably is it's it probably it, is close to, well maybe i mean because i grew up going to the movies two or three times a year 
Right. Yeah. That's yeah same was. here. And this year, I, I mean, we've got a lot this year. Yeah. Oh gosh, yeah. All right, Zach. So give us your list. Uh, again, mine is in no particular order. I went to the movies at least fourteen times. Um, is that a personal record? Possibly. Okay. I don't know. This uh, last year there were a couple. Of movies. Last year was pretty high for me too, so I don't last remember. Last year was high. I, there were a couple of movies. I just I went on like a Wednesday afternoon and saw um, most were just not very good films just to see yeah. um, I sat through Minions by myself in the theater that was oh, wow. interesting <laughs> you go see some stinkers yeah. I, I go see but... I go see good movies by myself I saw Interstellar and Lone Survivor by myself I think Zach that's Zach's way of taking one for the team he sees these I... terrible movies so we oh don't have gosh. to <laughs> I, 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 I always go I, I go for the benefit of the doubt right. like, hey, maybe, maybe maybe it's a gem somewhere there's that tiniest ray of hope that maybe it won't completely suck. And but oftentimes, oftentimes it does. It really does. Um, so what did you see this year? I saw, in no particular order, I saw uh, Deadpool, Warcraft, The Jungle Book, Captain America Civil War, uh, Magnificent Seven, Zootopia, Batman vs. Superman, Angry Birds movie, X-Men Apocalypse, The Nice Guys, Suicide Squad, Doctor Strange, Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them, uh, Rogue One, and Shin Godzilla. Awesome. Okay. And I'd also like to point out, uh, for interest of disclosure, a lot of these movies we went to go see together. Exactly. So, there was a few deviations here and there. I know you went to go see Captain Sully. By yourself, Austin. I was not. I was not by myself. I just wasn't with you. I guys. mean, you just right. That's what I mean. Independent you from us. you two. Independent from us. And then Zach, you went. Um, you saw Rogue One without us. I saw Rogue One without you guys. Yes, yeah, I we did. all saw Rogue One on our own. Right. Yeah. We, I didn't we see did, Sully. We actually didn't go to Christmas time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We actually together. didn't go together this year. Yeah. Um, I saw Warcraft with a different person, mm-hmm. and I saw the Angry Birds movie with a different. <laughs> I said I went to the movies 13 times. It's incorrect. I actually went um, 15 times because I saw Zootopia twice. and Doctor Strange twice. Okay. All right. Well, let, let's get into the meat and potatoes. This category that we're going to go into right now is a combination of films that came out this year that had a theatrical run that we ended up seeing this year that we didn't go to the movie theater. Independent movies that, well, there's just no chance we could have seen the theatrical run, so we had to watch it on DVD regardless, or straight-to-DVD movies. No TV movies. But we, so HBO doesn't count. Yeah, HBO Hallmark doesn't count. doesn't count. Ion, why would you even bother? Right. So uh, I'll, I'll go ahead and start off. Uh, two Do Netflix movies count? No, I don't have any. Be- but just for sake well, of argument, well, because because Netflix in a way is like yeah, it's like online okay. television. So no, that's what that I wouldn't thought. Count. I just wanted to clarify. Although there's some really good content out on Netflix uh, that's come out within the last year, but yeah, we're Netflix. What is this Netflix? Tell me more. Well, if you'd move out of the sticks and into civilization, we might you might know a thing or two about that Netflix. There, we don't have that where I come from, Mister. We got, we got newspapers and rocks <laughs> and candles. Bring, bring it home, boys. Just, just bring it home. All right, so I'll, I'll go ahead and start off. So two really good uh, independent films that I saw on DVD, uh, a movie by a 
in a Minnesota independent filmmaker uh, named Christopher R. Mim. The name of the movie, Where Skeeto, Nazi Hunter. Uh, came out earlier this year. I actually have the DVD right here. Um, it was an autographed copy, I'd like to add. Horrific Nazi experiments have left a surviving World, World War II soldier with a terrifying condition. At the sight of fresh blood, he transforms into a man-sized, blood-sucking killer insect. Refusing to let his affliction destroy him, he commits himself to using his powers for good by finding the people responsible and bringing them to justice. So, it's actually a really interesting movie. The film is shot in the style of those cheesy 1950s creature feature drive-in movies. It's really cool. His movies are a part of this thing called the Mimiverse, which basically it's kind of like a Quentin Tarantino thing. All of his movies are connected somehow, either through characters or, you know, locations or whatever. So I highly recommend uh, the Mimiverse films, uh, especially Where Skeeto, Nazi Hunter. I also saw this really funny horror comedy called What We Do in the Shadows. It is a mockumentary about vampires living in a flat together in New Zealand. It is made by the same guys that made uh, Flight of the Concords, uh, the show on HBO. Uh, it's pretty hilarious. It's pretty funny. I think it was a 2015 movie. Was it 2015? Yeah, it was. Okay. Yeah. Okay. It came out summer 2015. Well, maybe... You may have not seen it until 2016, but it... Well, the yeah, werewolves. probably. Yeah. Well, what about It Follows? That, 2015? It's, okay, it's probably the same thing. Okay. So, um, I'll tell Both you... they're good films, but not this Right. Year, no, so. you're right. So, don't talk about those. Okay, well, I won't talk. Well, Worst Kid on Nazi Hunter, I know for a fact, did come out in 2016, okay. so I'm, I'm good there. One movie that was released in 2016 that I saw recently that I was not a huge fan of, The Green Room, with Patrick Stewart. Uh, basically, it involves a, a punk band traveling to a neo-Nazi compound in Iowa, to perform there they're hired there to do the gig and they witness a murder and basically Patrick Stewart is the owner of said Nazi neo-Nazi compound and they just try to kill the punk band not my cup of tea but um, it was very widely acclaimed by critics people who are into that sort of thing I wasn't a fan of it because Patrick Stewart I like Patrick Stewart, but he just did not convince me that he was a neo-Nazi. I thought it was Patrick Stewart at a neo-Nazi compound. So, yeah. yeah. yeah I can see that, yeah. But anyway, um, Austin, how about you? Well, I've, got, I've actually got a couple of independent films on here. One of them is called The American Side, um, which I don't really remember who directed or anything. It's really not a very good movie, and it's about... This guy who's a private detective in Buffalo, New York, and someone goes missing, or they might have gone missing, and it ends up being about searching for Nikola Tesla's lost notebook and a barrel designed to go over the American side of the Niagara Falls, and it's kind of boring. The plot doesn't make a whole lot of sense. So did anyone steal Matthew the Broderick's notebook? Matthew in it. Uh, I think they... Yeah, someone... Stole it and they found it and I don't. So it was an Edison notebook then. No, it was Nikola Tesla's notebook. I, I know, but you don't see the joke. Oh, I get the joke. Okay, <laughs> I get it. It ain't making me laugh, but I get it. 
and it's just not it. Yeah. Skip American Side. Okay. On a on a good, I guess technically this is an independent movie um, from the Coen Brothers. We have Hail Caesar this oh, year. Okay. Oh yeah, I saw Hail Caesar. Yeah. It's pretty good. Not their best work, but no. it was good. I liked it. Yeah. It doesn't quite measure up to a brother or art thou or Fargo or a serious man, but it's good. I uh, I didn't see uh, I didn't see any really independent films this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I saw I saw Hell Caesar, um, if that counts as an independent film. I did see um, I, I got a long list of DVD of movies. That oh, I haven't even got to that one yet. Yeah, um, I did see uh, I did see I saw the Killing Joke with DC. Oh yeah, I saw that too. Yeah, and it was it was good. The better Batman movie of the year. <laughs> yeah, some some yeah. argue that yeah. Um, it still wasn't, they, they still kind of, for those who are, um, for those who've ever read the original Alan Moore, uh, work, they've really changed a lot. Yeah, that's, that's what I, original. that's what I heard. Um, so yeah, that's a bit of a problem, but outside of that, it's a pretty decent, I mean, you got Mark Hamill back. Yeah. Uh, doing the voice of the Joker, which is always great. Um, uh, but yeah, it was a, it was a pretty, pretty all right film. Yeah, I thought it was pretty interesting. Um, it was fun to watch. Um, it was really different because I feel like it's like the people from the Batman animated series they're like okay our key demographic has grown up now mm-hmm. let's make this into an R-rated superhero cartoon and that's exactly what it was mm-hmm. so that was really interesting to see um, little some shocks there that I in the movie that I saw that I don't know if I agree with putting yeah. in the movie, yeah, but you know, and, and I think in some, some of the shocks, some of the shocks, I think I remember what you're talking about. were edited in. They were actually part of the original. Story. Now are you talking in the beginning or um, like towards like after Batman and Batgirl split up? Um, I'm talking about in the beginning. Okay. Okay. So okay, we're on the same page. We're on the same page. The, so basically, the part was is an extremely important part of the. Basically, what me and Zach are talking about, and I guess this, it's fine since the movie's yeah. out now. Uh, yes, I'm gonna say spoiler alerts if yeah. you haven't seen it yet. There, we we have to break the no spoiler policy just for this particular instance. There is a sex scene between Batman and Batgirl. Yeah. It doesn't actually show it, yeah. but it is very implied. More than implied. It, yeah, I don't know how I feel about that. Um, just because I don't know. It, it it's not. I mean, granted, I know it's an R rated, an R rated cartoon, and I'm cool with that. But it just didn't make any sense because I don't think Batman and Batgirl had a sexual relationship in the comic books. I don't remember there ever being one. Usually, if I'm correct, and don't don't burn me in effigy if I get this wrong, DC fans. Right. Uh, I believe it was originally Barbara Gordon and Dick Grayson, the, the original Robin, who had kind of a thing. Uh huh. If I remember correctly, so I I I don't know. I've never really read that many of the original comics. I've read The Killing Joke. Uh, but, right, um, but but did, but did Batman and Batgirl have a sexual? No. Okay, so Adam West never got it on with Batgirl. No, he didn't. And as a matter of fact, if memory serves, in the Adam West show, Batgirl they didn't even know who Batgirl actually was. Hmm. Yes, so yeah. she knew who they were, but they didn't know who she was. She had a heck of a theme song. <laughs> Batgirl, Batgirl, 
It's pretty terrible. <laughs> it, was, it was the Adam West Batman. Was the Everything Batman. about that show was kind of cheesy. It, yeah. So I, are we going to go through our list yes. of yeah. non-theatrical viewings of 2016 movies. So I've got The Lady in the Van, which is a British movie starring Maggie Smith. Um, then we've got Finding Dory, The Big Friendly Giant, The Legend of Tarzan. Halsey has already mentioned that one. Eddie the Eagle, Race, Risen, Ghostbusters. I saw the light. Free State of Jones, The American Side. Already talked about that one. The Angry Birds movie, Star Trek Beyond, and Pete's Dragon. So, out of what are the best ones out of out of that list, and which one are the worst ones? I um, let's. Do you need time to think about that? I saw. I mean, I probably saw again a very similar list to Austin. I saw uh, Tarzan, The Legend of Tarzan. I saw uh, 13 Hours. I saw uh, Kung Fu... Oh, Kung Fu. Kung Fu. Kung Fu. That's the knockoff version. Uh, <laughs> I saw uh, Kung Fu Panda 3. I saw uh, Fifty Shades of Black. Uh, I saw Hail Caesar, as mentioned earlier. I saw uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2 out of the shadows. Um, I saw Now You See Me 2. I saw Star Trek Beyond. And, of course, I mentioned earlier, I saw uh, The Killing Joke. So. So, am I putting you on the spot by asking you if there were any nuggets in there or any fool's uh, gold? There were um, fool's gold, fool's gold, fool's oh, gold. Gosh, no. <laughs> uh, I mean, Kung Fu Panda. Of course, Kung Fu Panda is extremely. Um, I think. I think there's a couple different other critics out there who would agree. Who, um, who would agree with my statement? It's a very good series from DreamWorks. Okay. It's a. Um, I mean, it's not everyone's cup of tea, but you know, mm-hmm. Kung Fu Panda Three was definitely decent. It was a decent film. Um, listen, the Tarzan was all right, um, but now if, if you if you pretty much thought they were going to stink, they they stunk. They stunk the high heaven. Okay. So. If you thought, yeah, that that's how bodies were. It's like you knew going into it if it was gonna be good or not. Yeah. Like the ones you thought were gonna be really good were really good. The ones you thought you were gonna be kind of okay were kind of okay, and the ones you thought were gonna be bad were bad. Yeah. All right, so I've got a top three on my my non theatricals. Okay. All right, so. And I don't have these ranked. I just have three here. So we have the Free State of Jones, we have Eddie the Eagle, and Race. Okay, I've seen bits and pieces of Race, but it's really uh, good. I, I didn't get a chance really to good. watch Free State of Jones. Check out Eddie the Eagle. That's pretty good. <laughs> okay, I'd have to say for mine, I'd have to say uh, Thirteen Hours, and then perhaps uh, Tarzan, Legend of Tarzan. Hmm. Okay, um, and then perhaps I think now you see me too. I think. I read that one. Okay. I, mean, I haven't. I didn't see that. Even, I really like the first one, but I haven't seen yeah, the second the first one. First one's good. The second one is is, 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 is I like the first. I one. I thought Tarzan okay. was fine. It was. It was. Fine. It's what you. It, yeah. It's what you expected. What you it was expect. fine. Yeah. Wasn't bad, but. Yeah. Okay. All right. What's All right. Did so. You see, did you see any DVDs? You know, I didn't really get a chance uh, to see a lot of uh, a lot of the DVD releases, I mostly just went to the movies, actually. And uh, I watched a lot of things on Netflix, and I listened to a lot of podcasts this year. So, so there you go. Should, maybe we should do a podcast recap show. A podcast recap Talk show? Talk about the best podcast we listened to this year. Yeah, we could do that. We, all, we could do that at some point. All four of the ones I listened to. I think we should plan... I should, we, should pro- we could probably plan that for... 27 the end of 2017 or something like that yeah all right so let's go to the worst of 2016 
uh, I need at least one movie that you thought was the absolute worst mm. that you saw in the movies. You can you can do up to three in case there's just three really big turd bombs that just you can't get the smell out of your nose. But. See, I didn't go see any really bad movies at the theater. When I go to the theater, I tend to be kind of picky about what I see. Right. So like this, so the movie, the worst movie I saw in the theater isn't a bad movie. Mm. It's just the worst by default. Okay. And that would be Suicide Squad. Okay. I thought it was... I didn't think it was that great. Yeah. Uh, There's a couple people who would agree. I wasn't impressed. You guys guys acted like it was great. I was like, it was okay. Well, in hindsight, I mean, it could have been better. It could have been a lot better. Yeah, of course. To me, it was not the worst movie that I saw out of the list. Um... But I wouldn't put it in. I wouldn't even put it in the middle. It's kind of towards the bottom, I'd say. Um, it's it's. Why is DC failing so hard at live action movies? Gonna have to come later. Oh my <laughs> god! <laughs> I, I haven't even seen Batman v Superman yet. I'm gonna get around to it eventually <laughs> just to see it. But... <laughs> well, since you brought it up. Batman vs. Superman for me was the worst movie of 2016. <laughs> it really was. I, For me, I thought the movie was all over the place. Um, I did not like Jesse Eisenberg as Lex Luthor. Yeah. I, I have a hard time liking Jesse Eisenberg. This is true. Yeah. I agree with that statement. It just... I, well, I like him okay. I like him fine as an actor. <sighs> I just don't... I don't think that he ought to be cast in roles that requires charisma because yeah. he is not a charismatic actor. That yeah, I have to agree with that statement. That he's not he he it was an interesting performance of that character. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, and they tried this I think they tried to sell it off to a set, to a certain extent that he isn't actually Lex Luthor, he's like Lex Luthor's son. He's like Alex yeah. Luther Jr. It's weird. Yeah, they, they tried to give him a get, you know get kind of a cop out right there. Um, at the same time, I it's just a very weird character. I kind of like it. And there are parts when I like it, but at the same time, there's parts when I don't. And I'm gonna be honest with you. I, I you guys have heard me say this before. You can make a drinking game about, around the about around how many times that he mentions God or the devil, <laughs> some kind of religious, yeah, some sort of themed. Cause it's all over the place. It's like they're just. It's just kind of like. I mean, it's just a weird character that he decides to portray. What did you guys think about Doomsday? Or uh, I'm asking you, not. I'm asking. It's. It's. I mean, I had a friend who went like he first saw like the the trailer that shows Doomsday, mm-hmm. which I think which I think is a big mistake they did. I think that shows how desperate they knew how bad it, they they thought it was going to crap out. <laughs> <laughs> that they decided, you know, look, we have this one last ace in the hole that we can play, which is which is reveal Doomsday. Because I, mean, I think if they had kept that silent mm-hmm. and just had that be an in-screen, like an on, an in-showing surprise, yeah, that might have been cool. Okay, but they but the sh- they were so desperate, they said, here, we're gonna go ahead and reveal the big the Doomsday. big surprise. And my friend looked at this and was like, that's not Doomsday. That's a mountain troll from Lord of the Rings. <laughs> it's kind of like, and I kind of I when I first saw him like. Yeah, he's kind of right. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's a different it's a different take. He wasn't a bad character. It just sort of 
Can, can we? Can I put a spoiler alert real quick? Sure. Yeah. The, I mean, the movie's already been released. The movie's so. Been out. The movie, I think if, if you haven't, if you don't know what happens, I think DC just went a little too balls to the wall with this one. And yeah. Off and just. Can I say it? Can I say it? Is it okay for me to say what happened? Say it. Just go ahead and okay. say it. Going off and killing Superman. I mean, that's a big. That's something you work up to. That's yes. Like you you have to earn Superman's death. death. You don't just yes. do it. Yeah. Right. You, you gotta. You gotta build up that. You'll kill him off in the second film mm-hmm. that the guy's in. And I, and I think that's a certain extent where I think we're gonna talk about this more later. I know it's, it's gonna be something I'm gonna talk about um, later, perhaps later on. Is DC's they're trying to catch they're playing catch up right now with Marvel. Yes. Trying to, they're I, trying to they're trying to do the whole Marvel thing, trying to get everyone, trying to put a team together mm-hmm. before they've even done the movies or even done the origin stories of half the people. You know, I mean mm-hmm. that's coming that's coming up later in twenty seventeen, this year. Um, they're trying to ke- play catch up with Marvel and they're, they're just releasing crappy films. Yes. And it's just sort of they need they just need they need to slow it down. Mm-hmm. It just they just need to slow down. It takes some time. You can't just rush this thing. Right? Yeah, because what it feels like is they're trying to make Justice League the Avengers. Yes, but they're just running into it and mm-hmm. not taking the time. Because how long was between Iron Man and Avengers? It was like two so, or three years. It was. It was. It was like. I think it was. It was about four or five. I Maybe think five. I can't at least. Because we had two Iron Mans come out before. Before they even did. Before oh, yeah. Avengers, and by that point, and we already had one Captain America and a Thor. Yeah, and a Hulk. Which and a Hulk. No one remembers. No one remembers. Mm-hmm. That was that. That was actually one of the good ones. I liked that one. Mm-hmm. I was having a conversation with somebody about who who they preferred to be the Hulk, and he said Edward Norton because. Edward yeah. Norton. Edward Norton is a little bit more believable to be a a nice guy who is trying not to get enraged, as opposed to Mark Ruffalo, who strikes me as somebody as a jerk who's trying to be a nice guy or trying to pretend that he is a nice <laughs> guy. So, yeah. So was that? So what's your worst movie that you um, saw in theaters? That I saw in theaters because I have a worst movie. I have two worst movies. Mm-hmm. Only one I saw in theaters. Um, the other one I saw outside the theaters, and I think I'm going to mention that one too. Um, the one I saw in theaters was the Angry Birds. Movie. Oh yeah, that's my <laughs> that is my DVD worst. That's oh my, yeah, yeah. my, I mean I've seen worse kids movie, yeah. but I've seen so much better. That, that was the movie when I saw it. I went, you know what? I'm interested. Not, really? Not because I think it's going to be a really great film. No, <laughs> I want to see what can you do with it. And I thought maybe. Just maybe I was hoping I was gonna give them the benefit of the doubt that maybe I wasn't gonna give them ticket price benefit. I we I, saw we rented it on DVD from Redbox. The best part of that movie is when a bald eagle pees into a lake. When the highlight of your film is a urine joke. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and I will that whole sequence leading up to the mighty eagle. That's actually kind of funny. Like, yeah. climb up the mountain and just yeah. being annoying, and then he pees in the lake. That was funny, but that was the only funny part of that movie. The rest yeah. was just awful. That was... Like, I'm having a hard time imagining being a kid and enjoying that. I'm glad I skipped out on that one. You, you're, you're pretty dang... You're, you're it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's not even worth seeing as a bad movie. No, like, it's just it's so... just not good. You missed, you missed out on probably the best part of the film. But if you just saw the trailers, <laughs> what? 
you did okay. You yeah, did, you're, you're pretty much most. You of the you know what it's gonna best. be about. The, you know, the... I will say though, I was able to enjoy it a little bit more because I saw it right after like, right after I watched the Little Panda Fighter. Oh. Which, if you haven't seen the little panda fighter, look up this little gem. Oh, now, God. that's a movie. Oh <laughs> my gosh! We can't talk about it too much because it didn't come out this year. It no. came out in like 2008, I think. It, but oh, but maybe, man, maybe is it we bad. could pro- we could probably bring that back up. It is a movie uh, that a later we did, we did watch episode. that this year. So yeah. I'll put that in my like talk about later category. Yes, yeah. it's. All right. Yes, it is. No, um, can I talk about my other? Yes, the yes. Other one? The other one, again, Austin has saw Angry Birds movie on DVD. The one I saw, which I don't think anyone else here in this group else saw, I, I say this is the worst movie I have seen the entire year. And that is Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Out of the Shadows. Wow. I heard it was pretty bad. It is bad. Look, I thought, I thought the first one was passable. You know it's a Michael Bay film. I remember sitting in theaters with you guys when the trailer came out <laughs> yeah. for the first one and seeing Nickelodeon Studios, and you guys were just went, ugh, big groan. <laughs> Directed by Michael Bay. Ah! Oh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> but I, look, I like the new design on the Turtles. I thought, mm-hmm. this is interesting. I went and saw it, and, I, and it was okay. Mm-hmm. It was okay. This one... Besides the fact that it appears to be... <coughs> Excuse me one second. He has to take a swig of his scotch. I'm very angry right now. I'm <laughs> <laughs> not actually drinking it. We're drinking uh, Virgil's Black Cherry Cream Soda. One Virgil's one. Black Curry Cherry Cream Soda. Look for it at a grocery store near you. And I wish that was... Uh, I wish we were officially endorsed by them. So, so, far, <laughs> so far we've plugged Virgil's and Netflix. Yes. But Virg- Virgil's is really good, yeah. I, I must say. No, but anyways, this film, it's hard to explain. It's just everything that, that is wrong, you, the, you know, all the things that, that the other film had going for it, mm-hmm. they completely just removed. It made it worse. Because <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm a warthog. <laughs> My man. <laughs> okay, first off. <sighs> <laughs> Start with the warthog. Yes. Okay, I, I feel the need to start with the warthog to a certain because that's that's uh, for, just that's Seamus from WWE. Is it? Yes. Oh, <laughs> oh my gosh. He's a warthog. The rest of the thing. I'm a warthog fighting for the cause. <laughs> I didn't watch the movie, but I did watch his review. So I've seen like basically an abridged version of the film. Yeah, it's it's got genitalia jokes, people. Yeah, a lot of genitalia. Oh wow! This is a kids movie. Yeah. Yeah. Talking about the junk. (laughs) There's there. Okay, just to show you how much this movie, I think, is trying to make fun of itself. Gosh, I hope that's what they're doing. You're not even ten minutes into the film. 
five minutes? I can't even tell you how long. And already you have Megan Fox getting like sexied up, uh, like, oh. like tying like tying her tank top into a. So thing. I'm guessing that was probably one of the highlights of the movie. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's just Tyler Perry. Yeah. Tyler, yeah, Tyler Perry's in it because oh, well, yeah. all right, but, yeah, because why it. not? Yeah, Medea didn't make an appearance. Probably would have made the movie better. There's one of the big um, they've turtles. Changed, <laughs> they, they've completely changed the way that Shredder's designed. They've changed that. Um, the main villain in it. I feel like I'm not spoiling much. How much did they change Shredder's design? Well, he's no longer wearing the robot suit that he wore in the first one. It's just so that he's kind of back to like a weird, just kind of normal suit design, kind of like a okay Shogun sort of. I don't know what you call it. I think I know you what know, you. I yeah, know what you're talking about. Looks a little bit more like something he would have worn like in the old 1980s or 90s. Yeah, the the, movie. the something like that. Mm, the original. It's not the robot, which apparently was very controversial when it came out. Yeah. Um, they got rid of that. Um, no, and this one out, yeah, and his face, he doesn't wear the mask half the time. No. So Shredder's just out there, just, no, just, he's just some Asian dude. No. Just, no. 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 It's just sort of, no. I object. Yeah, it's just. I object. And the thing which they kind of hit, they kind of hinted to it a little bit in the thing, you know, in the, in the, in the trailers for it. Mm-hmm. The main villain is Krang the Conqueror, if you're not, if you're not familiar with the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I'm only familiar with Shredder. Yeah, there's, a, well, he's like, He's another of the bigger villains mm-hmm. in the thing. Crang. Um, yeah. He, he, he just, they just throw him in there just real quick. There's no big reveal. He just sort of appears, talks, and just, there's no big reveal. There's no trying to hide him. It's just there. And I'm a warthog fighting for the cause. Yes, and, there, and there's... Wrong! <laughs> and there's... Gosh, again, Seamus is a warthog. I can't remember the other guy's name. They're just sort of bumbling, you know, sort of... I'm a little piggy. <laughs> Yes, it's just it's just sort of that was in the trailer, watch, I think. You know, the, and because they got Casey Jones in this one, he's not anything like the guy from the from the comic books, um, or from like even the TV show, which is where I first you know watching the Fox TV shows and stuff like that is where I first became mm-hmm. familiar with Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Um, they do that joke like when he first meets the turtles, they do that joke where he doesn't know what they are and he thinks they're an alien, and they say, "Hey, we're gonna screw with this guy." They do that kind of joke. Mm-hmm. They do that joke twice. Once with the turtles, and then once with Shredder later when he brings them to like the lair. They do that joke twice. Okay, it's not funny the first time. The second time is just horrible to watch. It's just it's it's just not a good film. It's just not. <laughs> I can't explain it. It's just so much is wrong with it. It's just not a good film. It's not a good Zach King. Yeah, Put that on the DVD covers. It's just not a good <laughs> film. <laughs> When they go to fight Krang, they just kind of they run at him, and he, all, he just kind of swats him to the side. And they go, "Man, this guy's tough. It's not working." I'm kind of like, "You just you just <laughs> ran at the guy. There was no strategy. There was no like really in depth action scene before we came to the conclusion. Maybe we should try something else." It's kind of like this is stupid. Right? This is stuff you see from like this is. This is like B-movie film decisions, you know? This is like really poorly designed superhero movie kind of stuff. So the Amazing Bolt could have taken him on. Oh my god. Amazing (laughs) Bolt. Another film we gotta mention later. 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 Mention it later. Have we gotten the crap out? Yeah, it's like like the crap. Okay. Bad film. Horrible. Third rate. Wrong. 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 Are we going to take about the best films we saw this year? Yes, yes. Okay. Wait, what about your worst films? 
No, I just Batman I, the only one I really had was Batman versus Superman. And I mean, deep from a DVD perspective, Green Room, I wasn't that impressed. Yeah. Overall, better film than Batman versus Superman, I must say. But that doesn't take much. No, it doesn't. All right, but yes, let's move to the top three best films of 2016. Um, I will start. I'm going from third to number one. Okay. My third was Rogue One. The Star Wars movie. Um, honestly, it was. It, it immediately moved to my top three for two reasons: Darth Vader mm. and Grand Moff Tarkin. Yes. Well. And, but what? Eh. But that space battle, though. The space battle. The space oh, battle was, so was pretty great. legit. And uh, what is his name? I don't think I don't think I have the numbering correct. The K two S O is that his name? Oh, I think it's just K2. Yeah, K2. K2. I can't remember. Maybe the SO, but I, they just called him K2. K2 yes. is hilarious. Yes, but pretty cool. I think he is the best character to come out of 2016. I, th- I may be wrong about the that. The captain told me. He's definitely up there. Oh, yeah. As like one of the best characters to come out this year. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's a good... I have it... If we, if, we have a, if we have a repeat, can we, can we mention it now? Or we... Um, let me get through mine and we'll, okay, course, we'll, course, we'll, yeah. we'll see where we're at okay. but yeah Rogue One um, just it was awesome to see Darth Vader in a good movie because the last time we actually saw him <laughs> was Revenge of the Sith no. and I think we could all that was 11 years ago yeah gosh Though I will say he was probably one of the more redeemable parts of that crap fest. Oh. Hey, still better than Attack of the Clones. Yes. I will fight you. Attack. Uh, but, we'll have a Star Wars argument but, episode one day. But Darth Vader was actually in a good movie yes. with a good story, with a good cast. And he was just doing his thing as Darth just Vader. Just being Darth Vader. It was really awesome. It was a real. It was pretty cool. But I must say, uh, the Grand Moff Tarkin scenes, I was very impressed and at the same time I was very shocked because, a little backstory, Grand Moff Tarkin was originally played by the great British actor Peter Cushing. The problem is Peter Cushing died in 1994 and yet on the screen... In Rogue One, you saw Peter Cushing as Grand Moff Tarkin. It was pretty cool. It was really cool. The CGI that they used was incredible. It looked as if he came from the grave, which kind of freaked me out because, number one, I'm I'm most familiar with Peter Cushing from his Hammer Horror roles, (laughs) such as Van Helsing and Baron Von Frankenstein. And... I mean, the only thing that they really didn't get right was the voice. Everything yeah. Yeah, else... Yeah, the voice was tad Yes. Yeah. Everything it's else... Close, though. Yes. Yeah. Everything else was spot on. But what about that Princess Leia CGI? Oh, and the that Princess Leia CGI, too. Was not quite Not quite as good, good as Tarkin. Still um, they good. Also did, according, I've heard someone say they also did... Um, Better than the witch from Suicide Squad. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. That was bad. <laughs> That was some of the worst CGI. That was really bad. Um, 
more CGI later, and you guys are going to get mad at me. So, <laughs> oh, um, gosh. Uh, no, I have to say... Um, no, I lost my train of thought. I didn't say it. No, um, also, the another interesting thing they did, along with Grand Moff Tarkin and Princess Leia, they also... I think they went back and found some footage from the first from Yes, they did. First film. Red Leader standing by, Red, Gold Leader. Mm-hmm. Red Leader and Gold Leader both like are actually the guys. Mm-hmm. Yes. They, they got all those footage and just kind of worked them in there as best mm-hmm. they could. And then that was also interesting. Yeah, that was really cool. As well. Yeah, and uh, excellent performances by Mads Mikkelsen. Uh, big, oh, he was great. I'm a big Mads Mikkelsen fan. I believe this is the year of Mads Mikkelsen. It is. He's been in two really he was, big box movie. office hits. He was in Rogue One. He was also mm-hmm. in Doctor Strange as well. And yeah. He did wonderful great yeah he's awesome um and then and then uh, felicity felicity jones mm-hmm. yeah she was mm-hmm. she was really good she was quite good mm-hmm. very 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 impressed with her performance yes in more ways than one force Whitaker <laughs> did not suck which i'm glad yeah, force was, was pretty awesome when i first saw i'm like i don't know <laughs> you know yeah because it's like okay uh, i see where you're going this is either going to be Jar Jar Binks catastrophic or it's going to be Epic. super awesome. Yeah. And it was super awesome. I don't know about super awesome, but it, it was, was pretty good. good. Awesome. It, was, it good. was good. Yeah. It was good. I like Forrest Whitaker. Oh, Forrest Whitaker. I, I really like Forrest Whitaker. So I'm, I'm It was just kind of an odd him. character. Yeah. Yeah, a little, a little. But I I like that dynamic of he's so extreme that the rebels are like, "Nah, man, we can't do it." Can't extreme, extreme. The way I saw it, it was like you ain't re- you ain't rebel enough unless you rebel against the rebellion. Yeah, <laughs> the way That's I saw it, it was, I thought it felt like Star Wars meets Force Ten from Navarone. Both Harrison Ford movies, or the way. Dirty Dozen. Kind of had Dirty Dozen feel to it. A little it. Dirty, Dirty Dozen vibe. Um, it was definitely as someone put again. It puts the war in Star Wars. Just yes, like it this did. One did. Yeah, this was a this war. Is definitely movie. there. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's always been war, but this before, one felt this like one, a war. This one felt like a war. Like this was like Saving Private Ryan type stuff. Yeah. Yes, there was even a tank battle in like a crowded street. I'm like, that is classic, like gritty '70s World War II movie mm-hmm. right there. For sure, for sure. Uh, I don't think there's really anything I could say. I will say this quick side note: uh, Director Kerrig in the movie. Uh, number one, he was he was in Dark Knight Rises. I don't know if you recognize him. He was the guy that. Um, the guy that tried to uh, take over Wayne uh, Wayne Enterprises hmm. in the third one. Ah, yeah. That guy. I will say he was a terrible leader, but he had a heck of a uniform. That is I true. dig that uniform. That, I dig that the uniform. The thing about I, another thing I like about this movie, it has a, like a really great 70s vibe to yes. it. Like the whole movie does. So it's it feels more 70s mm-hmm. than the one that was actually made in the 70s. It, a friend of mine um, made a good point about Force Awakens and this one. Force Awakens was trying really hard to be an old Star Wars movie. Mm-hmm. Rogue One was an old Star Wars movie. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that, it was. So, yeah. And that comes from a very Not to take hearts. away from Force Awakens, because that was really good. Force yeah. Awakens... Force and Awakens they, they're is a different. They're different movies. Yes, they're they are. Appeals. They're, totally they're not, different movies. You know, but yeah, this one because we're did not gonna have more of a we're not gonna feel. yeah we're not gonna see a Rogue One sequel. Uh no, <laughs> no, we're not. <laughs> I was hoping maybe they could get the, the plan. They could steal the plans for the second Death Star, maybe. <laughs> and then the film went nope, nope. No. no. 
So that was your number three. What's your number two? My number two, Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. Okay. Yeah. I just... Yeah. yeah. Here's the thing. Growing up, Harry Potter was huge. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And it still is. Oh, we were we were all Harry Potter fans. And I yeah. liked I liked Harry Potter, yeah. but I never dove into Harry Potter. Just And I guess because part of that is because... Everybody else was getting into Harry Potter, and it's like, ah, it's too mainstream for me, so I'm just going to kind of do my own thing. Um, but, you know, I did I did like Harry Potter. I read the first book, and I watched most of the movies. The only ones I haven't really seen, the only one I really haven't seen is the Half-Blood Prince, I think, and then the first of the Deathly Hallows. Um, but, you know, they were, for the most part, good movies and stuff. But I saw Fantastic Beasts, and out of all of the movies made within the Harry Potter universe or the Harry Potter franchise, this was probably my favorite. I think a lot of that had to do with, for one thing, it was just a pure movie. You didn't really have anything to go off of. So that, to me, that was a, that was a, because I am a movie guy. So for me, that, that was the big connection that I made. And just the story, the creatures were engaging. It was really fascinating. And I, I like the idea of seeing a whole other world within a world that we are so familiar with. Mm. We got to see the American wizarding world, and that was pretty cool. I thought. And I think that one of the advantages that this one... Cause um, of course, I grew up reading, read all the Harry Potter books a few times, saw, seen all the movies more times than I can count. Like me and my brother can quote the first movie line for line along <clears> with it. Because um, I really love the first two Harry Potter movies. Yes. I think those are the best ones. Um, the others were fine. They do what they're supposed to do. But the problem was the Harry Potter books were so big. There was just so much in them. You couldn't put all that into a movie True. so they had to make cuts here and there and when you do that you lose some of the story so the movies suffered they still told the story mm-hmm. but they weren't great movies mm-hmm. this one had no constraints so it only had to be a movie and it didn't have it didn't have anything to leave out didn't have to work hard to fit anything in because mm-hmm. so it could just be like okay we have a hundred pages fill them up yeah and also um after Chris, because Christopher, Chris Columbus, I call him Christopher Columbus. I mean, technically that is correct. Yeah, it is correct. But Chris Columbus, the film director, not the explorer, he did not direct the third one. He directed um, the first two. Right. And that's it. And it just really shifted the tone of the Harry Potter movie. It was a major tone shift. Very noticeable. That I was not ready for. Oh, gosh. How old were we when that movie came out? I would have been. I was in middle I would, school. No, it wasn't. Or, mid, no, was, okay, I'm getting them. You're I'm no, getting my you're, time. you're off. No, I would have been about ten. Yeah, maybe nine or okay, ten. So ten. And so the th- we're gonna get way off topic here for a few minutes. Just bear with us. <laughs> Prisoner of Azkaban is where the Harry Potter story starts to take a darker turn. Yes. But the change in the design and the aesthetic of the films a, was film. so sharp because yeah. we went from this. The way I feel about it is that in the movies for Sorcerer's Stone and Chamber of Secrets, you have a very small world of wizards, but everything in it is really big. Mm -hmm. Whereas in the third one, it felt like there was a really 
big world of wizards, but everything in it is really small. Uh huh. It's an interesting distinction. It's hard to explain exactly what that means. We go back and watch <laughs> them with that in mind. You'll kind of see what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, and yeah, and then Alfonso Caron did those two. He did uh, Prisoner of Azkaban and Goblet of Fire. Then David Yates took over. David, they were they were different. Yeah. They were closer to the Alfonso Caron's than they were to the um, Chris Columbus's. I think they were some. There's still some were kind of in the middle. But they kind of stuck with a little bit of that Alfonso Cuaron um, element mm-hmm. in it. Um, and by then, like I said, those books were getting so massive. They were so complicated. It was hard to condense all that down into a movie without losing something. Because there were certain things you had to put in. And in doing that, you had to lose other elements. Um, so the movies kind of suffered for yeah. that. And in making... Um, the seventh book into two movies, mm-hmm. which were okay movies. That's how I feel about the Harry Potter movies from Prisoner of Azkaban on. They're fine. They're good. I like them. They're not great, but they're good. I, I definitely think that this movie has also shown that uh, J.K. Rowling can definitely screenplay right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. She, yes. She, 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 she wrote the screenplay. A, she was did a good job with it. Yeah. She did a, she did the right job. It also it also makes me wonder what they're, what they're going to do next. You know. Regards to the Harry Potter universe, because they've taken a book which was originally just written as like a, um, it, I mean, it's, it's a textbook. It's it based written. on the guy. It's a movie about a textbook writer, <laughs> and it was amazing. Yes, yeah. yeah. The book, the book is like it's, a, it's, it's not. It's even, a pamphlet. Yeah. It came coupled with another pamphlet called The History of Quidditch, which is just like look, Quidditch to the Ages. Ages. That's it. Which I really want to see a mockumentary of. I really do. That would be that <laughs> would be pretty <laughs> funny. Do like an ESPN type yeah, of special. Kind of like, yeah. No, a Ken Burns style <laughs> mockumentary <laughs> about Quidditch. But and yeah, that they were just kind of like, hey, fans, you like Harry Potter? Here's something from their world. Enjoy it. See, and that's, and that's the thing. When I first heard they were doing this film, yeah, I, I was. I went, oh crap. I think that's part of why I liked it so much. Yeah. My bar was so low. Yes. And then I went and I was like, oh no, that was great. My favorite part of the movie, well, my favorite character was Kowalski. Of course. Of course, yes. I, I know. I know. My <laughs> fellow. Kowalski. Fellow Pollock. But in all honesty, the chemistry that he had with the character Queenie, I was just really impressed with that because looking at them separately, mm-hmm. you wouldn't have thought that it could work, but it did, and it worked so well. It yeah. was believable. See, I didn't think they were that great of a, a great written couple. I mean, they were fine. They weren't bad. It was just kind of mm-hmm. like... Okay, I've seen better movie couples. My, I think the best chemistry was between um, Kowalski and Scamander. Yeah, the, yes, like, yes, like the that Wizard was a and Mogo, good... just these two buddies <laughs> who just kind of meet and go on a wacky adventure. Yeah, no, they, that was you know that was a believable like <clears throat> fast friendship. I really bought that one. Yeah, you know, you come to you know, you're supposed to care. I mean, Scamander's the main character. You're supposed to care. Um, you're supposed to care about him, but frankly. I think they were genius throwing Kowalski in there as a muggle or non non nomad yeah. mm-hmm. as they call him in the uh, apparently in America. 
because it allows you to give a person who can say, no, you know, they kind of fill the shoes. Literally, they're filling the shoes of the of the audience. Mm-hmm. It's filling the shoes of the audience who who really don't know that much about yes. about the Wizarding World. So he can literally go and say, well, hold on, man, what's this mm-hmm. or what's that? And it gives the chance. Mm-hmm. It gives the movie a little chance to expedite, mm-hmm. kind of tell what's going on without having to force it. Yes, you know, and it's just kind of which is a beautiful way of writing of writing the film. Mm-hmm. Um, also, probably one of the most heartbreaking endings to a movie I think yes. I've seen this year. Very. Um, uh, no. Okay. <laughs> You're sounding really cynical, Austin. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's like okay, you know. know he's gonna find out again. You know, know it's all gonna I turn know. out okay. Just the te- okay. It's not like Rogue One where you're like, oh, this is not going to be okay. Yeah. No, it's... It's like, you know, eventually it's going to work out. I'm going to have to come back to this real quick. No, but... So what was your number one film? Number one film, you guys probably guessed this. I bet we know what this, this is. is. I know. It's Shin Godzilla. Oh, yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. Huge Godzilla oh, fan. so good. It just—it really was. It was a great movie, and it's probably one of the best Godzilla movies I've seen. And I've seen almost all of them. Um, it was the storytelling was so different because this was basically—it's—it's not—it's—it was different than most Godzilla movies because most Godzilla movies you kind of have the introduction of who the humans are. It's usually kind of interesting, but not that interesting. And then you just kind of go through there. A lot of it is kind of corny and, you know, it's like, okay, I get it. Let's see a bunch of giant monsters fight each other. With this, it takes you right into the moment and it keeps you there. It's like, holy crap, there's stuff going on. What do we do? And it really shows you the complexity of, you know, what the Japanese government is able to do, what they should do, what they're trying to do, what they're planning – and then you've got a giant monster thrown in, and See, it's Godzilla. For me, it was like the West Wing. Yes. But instead of trying to pass an education bill, they're trying to figure out what to do with a giant monster. Right. See, that was how I felt about it, and I loved it. See, it, it was... People listening to this, we're about to have an argument. It's very large. Uh-oh. Large. <laughs> uh, it did not even make my top three, I'm going to be honest with you Really? Guys. It didn't. I, and this is what I was going to talk about. You talked about bad CGI. I did not like the CGI in Shin Godzilla. I thought the CGI looked really good. I thought I thought I really it was. Liked it. There were a couple shots. I think like with the army stuff, like with the some of the planes, yeah. the planes and some yeah. of the tanks. But tanks the, the but Godzilla himself point. was great. I, I think yes. The early points of Godzilla look bad. Like when he's in. Oh, you're talking about the very like you just like first, like the CGI. Mm-hmm. I thought the CG the was fine. Just, there was no life in the well, eye. it was See, a fish eye. He's I, a fish at that right. point. I thought that that was interesting. I th- yeah, because well, because basically the movie is, what if Godzilla never, never came? What if he never attacked in the fifties? What if he now. came here and now? How would it be? What would it look like? What would be different? And I think that that's what they were going for. Yeah. I also like it's very. I mean, for those who have ever seen a Godzilla film. There's always a message tied to it. Yes. Um, but you know, but I think this is probably the one that's been the most political out of any, out of any of them. I'd say. I mean, I, I yeah. Can't see yeah. There's a lot of domestic politics and a lot of international politics. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
And it, it, th- there was a decision made. The Americans play a very, you know, for being not really seen a lot. Mm-hmm. The Americans, it shows the American government playing a very, a very large role in the defense yes. of the Japanese, um, which I didn't even know. I didn't, I did not know we even played. Still we are the defense of the Japanese. Yes. Yeah, um, they ain't allowed to have an army. Although that may change because they recently amended their constitution, uh, they are able to have an offensive military now. Ooh. So yeah. things may change here yeah. in the next few years. Again, it shows Wrong. America, <laughs> it shows America to be, you know, to be playing, you know, be playing a very important part in this thing. But the American government makes a decision in this film, which I, I'm not going to go into. Just we're just going to get. I think we all know what the decision is. I think I know what you're going. I'm like, folks. Even the guy who we have as the president-elect right now would not be dumb enough to make this decision. <laughs> the faux pas that would come to, from this decision to destroy a monster that was created by nuclear proliferation with a nuclear bomb. <laughs> not to mention the faux pas of hmm. Well, we know we nuked the Japanese <laughs> twice before. It worked the first couple times. Let's do it again. <laughs> I'm kind of like, you, get to be, and you can kind of see, especially I, you know, when I was sitting in the theaters because I'm having to read it on the screen. Yeah. You know? A lot um, of reading in this one, folks. There's no, no dubbing. Yeah, there's no dubbing. Um, you may want to watch an om- Amelie or something to practice your foreign film reading. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah. it's... It's quick. It, moves it's really it is quick. fast. I'm going to be honest with you, the very beginning of the film, I looked like Wes Anderson did Godzilla. It was kind of weird. The cut, <laughs> the cut scenes were like really like, like tight. Mm-hmm. I'm, kind of, I'm like... <laughs> um, but... No, again, they, they decide to... It just sort of... But when I, when I first heard that, that was the plan, the United Nations and America in this film was going to go with, I went, are you kidding me? I mean, it kind of, and, and frankly, that's kind of the way the, the film kind of felt it was supposed to be trained. Well, so I think that, and I think that's what they were doing. Yeah, it's like, this of, is a really dumb decision. Yeah. But you also have to think, what do you do in that situation? Yeah, I also would point out for those who have ever, I, if you, for those who have ever um, seen Pacific Rim, and said it's stupid to have giant robots fight monsters, giant monsters. Uh, watch this film. Yeah. <laughs> it will show you why you need giant robots <laughs> to fight giant monsters. We'll have to... tanks and planes and jets don't work. <laughs> and a nuclear bomb and would not work. a nuclear bomb is a stupid idea, so that's... that's and, and at the end, what did they give the dead Godzilla to? France. I missed that part. No. Yeah, at the end, after they like, like captured Godzilla, the French took him. I missed that part. Apparently, I didn't. Yeah. Okay. They I took didn't. him to France. They had, we had Napoleon, and now we have the remnants of Godzilla. <laughs> and then Godzilla reemerged and it'll destroy their country. Because <laughs> nobody likes France. <laughs> But yeah, they're... Even France doesn't like France. It's like the Mississippi of Europe. <laughs> 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 I was about to say, I didn't agree uh, yeah. the Mississippi. So maybe more of the... Yeah, the more like the Alabama. <laughs> <laughs> they're really into themselves. They're a little bit more than what they should be. And... But, but anyway, Anyways, all, all kidding rest. aside, Jin uh, Godzilla, it's, it's great. Right, uh, right. What are your honorable mentions? And it cuts off. Ooh, it's a mystery now. You want to hear my honorable mentions? And, well, 
everything else that's left on the schedule? Well, tune in next week for part two of our best and worst recap of the movies of 2016. Thanks for playing along. I'll see you soon.